0: Do you know what a podcaster is? Troby is a podcaster, so is Lisa, not forgetting Warren, and Paul, and Nick. There are all sorts of podcasters, some who like I Claudius, and some who like Yes, my dear. Years ago, people used to believe that podcasters had magic powers. Some people believe it still, but then some people will believe any old rubbish. I know a special podcast, but to make it play, you have to say the magic word Archivacious. Gentlemen and ladies, with neatly trimmed gardens but the occasional troublesome weed, it's episode 13 of Round the R. Jives! <laughs>
1: Tonight on BBC One, in a moment, tomorrow's world. And at 7.20, Top of the Pops includes the Bay City Rollers, Lulu, The Average White Band, Cliff Richard, The Goodies, and Guys and Dolls. Top of the Pops is followed at 8 o'clock by Are You Being Served? Mr Lucas attempts to go sick. You're normal. Yes, but we're working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Programmes tonight on BBC One
0: hello hello i'm andrew i'm lisa welcome to episode 13 of Round the archives
2: not Round the archives we're not Round the
0: archives <laughs> which, which is, is an awful, really joke, awful joke but we're doing the Sorry. herbs and i wanted to do that joke okay right what do we have left over from last time um bbc blankets bbc blankets so yes the bbc blanket pops up in um the brian Cant hunt for black jack thing mm-hmm. um want to mention that we think they might well pop up in the changes because we it, can't find the book to find out well so. they, they, there seems to be a photo of her wrapped in a bbc blanket in that but uh, hmm. yes there we go uh but more importantly um hello to australia
2: yes hello australia uh for i hope you know what you let yourself in for yes
0: hello australia hello australia hello. that's what tom bakey used to oh, say okay. yeah <laughs> australia then said hello oh, did it? for okay. some reason That's nice. um Yes, we've got some listeners in Australia, so mm-hmm. hello to you. Welcome. Possibly due to all the publicity we had for last episode. Yes. For which we have to thank uh, mm. Derek Griffiths, Yes. Ian Cullen yes. and John Chalice, John Chalice for giving us um, lots of, lots of lovely, lovely publicity for last yes. time. And, uh, the this... Derek Griffiths one sort of doubled the listening it figures did. within, an hour. within it was, an hour. It was remarkable. Yes, it was so thank you, Thank you, silly. especially to... Yes to Derek yes,
2: and, and Mr Chalice will be popping up later yes
0: we, we in do. this issue issue yes um, Mistress of Hardwick we should say about that though because yes. we were talking about Bess of Hardwick we to do with connections yes and Mistress of Hardwick was a uh, series from 1972 mm-hmm. about Bess of Hardwick surprisingly um, very much forgotten I think these days as yeah. uh, nine of the ten episodes are missing so yes. So you don't. There's not much of it to see. No. Uh, but it was directed by Rodney Bennett, mm-hmm. written by Alison Plowden, mm-hmm. and starred Hilary Mason as Bess. Okay. So, it sounds interesting. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay. yeah, there you go. there's, there's it's listing on IMDb. Right. Nice. But um, let's let's crack on with the first article, shall we? I think yes. that's that's it for odds and ends. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Michael Bond. Yes. Michael Bond.
2: Michael Bond, who passed away recently. Yes. Um, and no. who is mostly known for Paddington. Yes. But also did The Herbs. Yes. And The Adventures of Parsley. Yes. And wrote books. Um, Olga de Polga. Olga de Polga. Um, uh,
0: I think she's a guinea pig. Guinea pig. <laughs> and, I don't know. I've not read them. And that.
2: Mr. Pamplemousse, who I assumed was a mouse, but seems to be a detective with a bloodhound.
0: A bloodhound called Pomfret, apparently. Okay. A cu- these are culinary mystery stories for adults. Okay. So there you go. I know I don't know these at all. No. Have um, to investigate those. Yes, but yes, I mean we've we sort of talked about Michael Bond in in the Paddington episode article, two yeah. because yes. you talked about your love of Paddington. Yes. But did you just want to recap yeah, well, that I, a bit? I
2: just you know as, as I I said um, on social media when when I it was announced he died i'd like to thank michael bond because he's he the paddington books were the first books after i'd learned to read and i did all the janet and john books and all those sort of things Mm -hmm. the paddington books were the first books i read yeah and that has given me a love of reading and particularly a love of paddington and it's all down to michael bond yeah he's given people he's given me certainly hours and hours of entertainment yes and joy and i love paddington as we said in you know the previous article i identify with paddington <laughs> because he's very well meaning but he gets things wrong yes and if everybody was like that then the world might be a better place
0: i mean yes i'm very fond of paddington too but uh this time around uh to remember michael i th- i wanted to do the herbs, the herbs instead yeah. um yeah. which is it's Probably from 19 19- uh, it's from 1968 Um, and so am i (laughs) so i feel i feel an immediate sort of association Mm -hmm. with the herbs um but i I think it's sometimes sort of overlooked and and the adventures of parsley especially is very much overlooked yes um and that ran for 32 episodes Mm -hmm. um Mm
2: -hmm. you wouldn't have thought there was that much they could do about a lying and his (laughs) dog friend
0: but yeah the, the herbs the first episode is from February 1968. Uh, 1.30 in the afternoon in the Watch with Mother slot. So this is mm-hmm. Monday the 12th of February. Um, if you want your sort of Doctor Who roadmap. Um, mm-hmm. The Web of Fear episode 2 was transmitted on the previous Saturday. So okay. there you go. Um, but yeah the the actual um, BBC um, Radio Times listing for it has got a big picture of uh, Sir Basil and Lady Rosemary, Lady Rosemary yes. and we'll explain about them in a minute but it mm-hmm. just says introducing the herbs uh, see if I can read that I've got it's very small uh, this afternoon children can watch with mother the first of 13 puppet stories based on a story by Michael Bond well known for his books about Paddington the Bear the stories take place in a herb garden. Its owners are Sir Basil and his wife, Lady Rosemary, brackets above. Their gardener is called Bayleaf, and law and order is kept by Constable Knapweed, But the most important person... That's got capital letters mm-hmm. for all of those words. ...in the garden is a lion called Parsley. He doesn't happen to be very brave, and he has a tail made of parsley. Which is why it's called Parsley, <laughs> yeah. certainly. Well, that's logical, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> yes but um how do we explain this series it's it's another one that's slightly strange isn't it yes um yes. but it's, it's
2: it's got a slightly more um
0: it's more sort of fantasy based yeah. than paddington because yeah. paddington apart from Paddington himself Everybody, is very yes, much he's, he's human it's and, very much based yes, in sort of real life isn't right. it, you know, real life apart London. from the fact
2: there's a bear living in a house yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: but apart mm. apart from that everybody's sort of quite yeah. realistic characters, yeah. in the herbs everyone's a, a fantasy character mm-hmm. as as their name implies, they are yeah. literally, her, her, well I don't know how it works, because they are herbs but
2: they live in a herb garden But
0: a herb garden. they're animals and human beings yes. at the same time, so yeah. But parsley is a lion, mm-hmm. but his tail is a sprig of parsley. parsley and yeah. when it gets mm-hmm. shot off in the first they episode, they again. can stick it back on and it regrows. Yeah. So don't even ask me I about the biology of the herbs.
2: I think you can worry about that sort of thing too much. Just accept it.
0: <laughs> but um, it, Michael Bond sort of came up with this um, series and apparently consulted... Uh, Cole Complete Herbal Book, mm-hmm. which is a book from the 17th century, uh, written by Nicholas, Nicholas Culpepper mm-hmm. um, available as a Wordsworth reference classic and, and book, well. and in other formats as well. And other formats as well. But we we got that, mm-hmm. and I sort of look. I I got I got the book, uh, or rather, you you got the book, mm-hmm. and although it's quite a thick book and it goes into all sorts of sort of herbs that i've never even heard of Mm. i I did wonder how much use it actually was when michael bond came to sort of research the characters um if you'll just hold the recorder a minute Lisa, just hold it at the bottom there thank you Mm -hmm. just wave it in my general direction here's the book and for example uh dill because dill the dog
3: Mm, who's
0: a dog called dill Dill, is in the in the series itself but culpepper says um mercury has the dominion of this plant and therefore it is therefore to be sure it strengthens the brain the dill being being boiled and drank is good to ease swellings and pain it also stays the belly and stomach from casting the decoction therefore helps women that are troubled with the pains and windiness of the mother if they, if they sit therein. It stays the hiccup being boiled in wine but smelled unto being tied in a cloth. How in earth you get a character of all that stuff? stuff. I really, I really but, don't because know. Because there are
2: some, some um, uh, bits where it just says things like rosemary. Well, everybody knows what this is.
0: Oh, yeah, not helpful. Oh, oh yes, his, his, his wonderful sort of mm. descriptions of of parsley. Mm. This is so well known, it needs no description. And then he goes on to a great big description. Um, it is under the dominion of mercury, is very comfortable to the stomach, helps to provoke, provoke urine and women's courses, to break wind both in the stomach and bowels. Right. So there's not much sign of that in parsley. No, the, the fortunately. Actual, the actual... Um, the actual character thank goodness there was one that i i did laugh at though and that was mm. that that was plums because we cause we, lo- we looked at plums and it just made me laugh mm. here we are uh, just hand that back plums are so well known that they need no description all plums are under venus and are like women some better and some worse there you go, that's what you're dealing with in the 17th yeah, century. Well, yeah. 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 Okay.
2: Bearing in mind they've had a c- two queens by that point. Yes. Yeah.
0: But the main characters of the herbs, as we mm-hmm. said, it's set in a herb garden, it's animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, parsley's. It's not
2: a cartoon, though. It's, no, it's stop um, motion. Stop, stop motion. motion. You should, so, should so, yeah, see Stop there motion are people, puppets. There may be people listening who have never seen and this. And
0: they're quite big puppets, actually, yeah. and we'll get mm-hmm. on to how we know that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Parsley the lion is the, is the main one. Mm hmm. And he's the one um, sort of, that sort of welcomes you into
4: the yes. herb garden.
2: You interact with him. Yeah. Right.
0: Now the first episode, Parsley's Tale. We have just mm. watched it back, mm. and it's an interesting setup because it seems to be that the animal characters can see you, mm-hmm. the viewer at home, because you have to wave, yeah, to, you have parsley. To, wave
2: to Parsley. Parsley, to convince him you're not scary. Yeah, because <laughs> the, cause the first time, scared of.
0: And the first time Parsley sees the viewers, mm. he sort of goes hides. and hides behind a bush mm. and keeps on peeping out. And you, mm. you said he's a bit like Martha, our cat, yes, in that she's scared by unexpected things, yeah, by so, like slippers yeah.
2: and, and, a towel. and her
0: own tail. Yes, Martha will jump at anything. Mm. And Parsley is very similar. Yes. Now, this sort of, I think, sums up Michael Michael Bond's sort mm-hmm. of approach to these characters, yeah. that... that you know, as Warren said many issues ago about um, fierce animals appearing in, in children's fiction, mm. that Paddington is a bear, mm. but he's very polite. and yes. always raises his hat. If he's got a hat. Uh, the the worst you get out of Paddington is a hard stare. Yeah,
2: and, and maybe some yeah. stickiness for marmalade.
0: Yeah. Parsley um, is, is easily spooked. Yes. He will roar occasionally. But
2: that's usually to warn somebody of something. Yeah it's um, not aggressive it's yeah. to warn that there's danger yeah
0: so it, it's that mm-hmm. thing about all, all all these animals are quite gentle yes. and nice yes um, so you've got Parsley Design you've mm-hmm. got Dill the Dog who's who's always running around he's hyperactive yes mm-hmm. Sage the Owl who's mm-hmm. a bit grumpy
2: but very sweet yeah <laughs> I like Sage
0: <laughs> Sir Basil Lady Rosemary Constable bay Bayleaf mm-hmm. the Gardener and a few slightly lesser seen characters uh, Mr. and Mrs. Onion. Mrs. Onion's always crying.
2: Okay, so it's like she's allergic to herself. Yeah, it's
0: it's like her own head causes her to cry. Yeah. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Yes. Onion, and the chives. Who so are their children. They're their children. Although,
2: they
0: might be adopted. Yeah, because onions wouldn't have chives as children. No, surely onions, onions, would, onions would just have onions. As children. <laughs> chives are slightly different, yeah. but um, they're
2: part of the same family. I should, but suppose. But the chives are
0: quite sinister as yes. they sort of march along. Yeah. It's like there's too many of them and they just they don't they don't have expressions and they're a bit Mm. scary um (laughs) but weirdly they're they're sort of marching along and they've got feet Mm. but when a chive grows the bulbous Mm -hmm. bit is in the ground so effectively they're walking around upside down okay uh i don't know there's aunt mint Mm -hmm. well there's tarragon the dragon you like him i like the dragon
2: he's like a little cat
0: yeah he sets fire he breathes he breathes fire
2: um, he mostly sets fire to constable Natweed's
0: notebook, notebook. Yes, um, he he's got a bit of a speech impediment as well. Yeah, cause
2: it's unfortunate because he, he can't say his R's. Yeah, he, he's, and
0: so, yeah, because everybody's got a song, and yeah. his his song is "I'm Tower Gun, the Dragon." Is the first <laughs> is the it's first line
2: quite sweet, really?
0: Yeah, and there's a, there's a few um, other sort of characters there's Pashana Bedi, he's who's an Indian charmer. snake charmer and he's got a snake as well he's,
2: which is a really friendly snake because yeah. it escapes in one episode but it doesn't try and bite him but, and there's one bit where Bailey's carrying it around on his arm yeah. and all it does is, hold, is hang on to a basket
0: yeah because it doesn't it, want to go yeah it
2: doesn't, doesn't try and bite him or anything I not know what kind of snake it is there's
0: good King Henry mm. now he's quite interesting because yes. um, he's teamed up with Miss Jessup, mm-hmm. who's, who's a bit annoying and mm. wants to tidy up all the time yes um,
2: and upright Miss Jessop is another name for Rosemary.
0: All right, okay, thank you for that. Uh, but they want to give her a husband just to yes, stop her being stop annoying. From tidying up and everything. they're going to, Bayleaf's going to.
2: Bayleaf's been gonna, told.
0: He's going to have to marry her. To marry and he's going, oh no, I don't want to do that. So he goes off and grows. Good King Henry. King, King Henry sort of plants some seeds. Yeah. And it grows and, immediately. And, and Good King Henry just appears. Yes. So this seems to be how the herb garden. Yeah works um now sir basil earlier claims to be because uh, his song goes i am sir basil the king of the herbs yes and i think that's just in his head his own head really yeah.
2: well i think what it is is he just because i'm just looking at the description of sir basil on the wikipedia page which obviously mm. you have to take it with a pinch of salt because it's wikipedia yeah but it says a bumbling aristocratic hunting shooting a fishing type with an almost red nose perhaps to, to suggest a drinking problem. He described himself as the king of the herbs, the Greek name for basil being, there's something in Greek, or royal plant. Oh, right, okay. So basil means royal plant, so that's why he's the king of but the herbs. But if he's a sir,
0: yeah. where did he get his knighthood He from? gave
2: himself it. He's the king of the herbs, he can do what he yeah. likes.
0: I don't know. No. Uh, uh, Belladonna the Witch. Yes. Oh, she's, she's quite scary. She is. Um, yes
2: got a big hooked nose and she's got
0: a big pointy witch's hat Now, when, when I was very small mm. and we used to go for a drive sometimes mm. you'd see all the traffic cones on the motorway mm-hmm. and we always our family always used to refer to them as belladonnas okay because they were the same shape as her hat right and, and I- it, there's also Senior Solidago as well. Who's a who's a singer? Italian opera singer.
2: He tries to teach Sage how to sing.
0: All Sage manages to do is break a load of glass yes. when he's singing. And then he isn't tries it? to
2: see Parsley how to sing, and she's just bad. But going back to Belladonna, it's mm-hmm. interesting fact about Belladonna. Oh
3: yes, that
2: in um, mostly in Tudor times, but from then onwards, yeah, people, well, women used to put Belladonna or deadly nightshade, as it's also yeah. known, in their eyes to make their eyes look bigger. Yes, because it's... Which is a very dangerous thing to do. It <laughs> could lead to blindness, I would imagine.
0: Uh, yes, use in cosmetics. Um, belladonna is Italian for beautiful lady, mm. you see. So, uh, drops prepared from the belladonna plant are used to dilate women's pupils. Um, an effect considered to be attractive and seductive. Prolonged uses causes blindness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it also says bit mess... Medicinal use,
0: uh, yes, as a
2: they probably pa- used it before they developed other drugs. pain
0: reliever, muscle relaxant, and anti inflammatory. Um, though, we really don't try this at home, <laughs> <laughs> we really don't don't advise that. Yes. But, um, as with Trumpton, etc., every character's got a song, yes, haven't they? Yes, um. And they go through a few variants as well. Yeah,
2: they change it to suit what's happening in that particular yeah, al- episode. Although
0: um, I'm a very, Parsley's one goes, I'm a very friendly line called Parsley. And really the only thing they can rhyme with Parsley is harshly. Yeah. And even that's a bit of a squeeze, a squeeze. <laughs> to get yeah. that in. Yeah. Um, Bayleaf the Gardener gets a, gets a few. Because we used to have a, well I used to have a Parsley Annual. All right um and it's it's never this this version's never used in the tv show but he's making um halloween lan- lanterns but he's making them from turnips not pumpkins okay and bay song in that goes something like i'm bay leaf i'm the gardener last night at halloween i hollered 20 turnips out to light the happy scene R, because he always ends the he song ends R. with an R, because he's, Cause he a, comes he, from the cause he's a yokel.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, the, the narrator for The Herbs is Gordon Rawlings. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly not the most famous name in the world. Um,
2: so he's, he's probably, if you've seen lots but, of stuff, he's probably been but in. But he's, pro-
0: he's probably one of those people you'd recognise. He plays
2: lots of men. If men <laughs> at bar. <laughs> well, obviously, he plays lots of men, but you know what I mean. Men oh, at, yes, man uh, at bar.
0: Superman 3, Man in Cap um yes but um his most famous um sort of part came quite late in his life mm-hmm. when he's in the john smith's bitter adverts yeah playing Artright. and um, the, the, the old man with the flat cap and the dog mm-hmm. and i never made the connection no. that, as as to who he was till, till only very recently um Oh his dog in the adverts is called Tonto apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so when they came to release a video of um four episodes of the herbs mm-hmm. um this must have been in the in the 90s I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to check the end end credits. Um there was a video done which featured um know, who was it Simon Mayo mm-hmm. and Sybil Rusco. Rusco, is that Rusco, how you pronounce yeah. it? Um, and they actually go. I'm not entirely sure where it is. It looks like some
2: sort of museum some sort of, or something. Yeah. yeah in
0: 1989, um, this this video was done, and they go in. They go to this sort of house somewhere, and all all the puppets are there. Mm. Well, most of them are there, and they're really quite quite big.
2: Yes, I and mean, parsley's a lot bigger than I expected to do.
0: Yeah, and they do some actual at new animation with the puppets and they're in fairly fairly decent nick. But by by that point, um Gordon rollings died in nineteen eighty five and this video was done in nineteen eighty nine so they got Charles Pemberton uh to do the voices instead. Mm. Um Charles Pemberton it was a Cyberman in Tomb of the Cyberman, mm-hmm. and he's also in uh, Box of Delights. Yes, he's isn't the chief it? constable. As the chief constable, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's the policeman. Oh, he's in Saffron Steel Story, Story one. one. That's yeah. right. Yes. Um, he keeps disappearing. He's he's not bad. Some some of it, some of his are better than others. As be yeah. said, his, his his parsley's not bad. Oh. Um, his tarragon mm-hmm. sounds a bit simple, but never mind. <laughs> 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 but yeah, he has a good old stab at stab at doing that. It was nice just to see some some new new mm-hmm. herb stuff new
2: animations
0: yeah but it, i mean it's 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 a i say it's it's a bit odd as a as, as series goes it is quite sort of fantasy based mm-hmm. but then you get the spin-off series the adventures of parsley yeah where you've got sort of parsley and dill as a bit of a double act haven't you mm-hmm. and i said to you it's a bit like um uh Dougal and brian, and brian. Fr- from the magic roundabout mm-hmm. in that um because brian's always quite up you mm-hmm. know he's quite sort of keen and so's dill because dill's always sort of rushing yes. around and there's, there's one where like parsley's got a car or something mm-hmm. and i had that car as a dinky toy and you All got right. parsley a Aww. little parsley and it might be in the shed i'm gonna to have to go okay. and have a look later but you you also got some um herb's annuals didn't yes, you yes i did so uh, do you
2: like our old annuals yeah
0: now th- some of them are very expensive aren't they yes I
2: I could only find these two so um.
0: yeah there are some other ones for which you know there's you're paying an awful awful lot of money Hmm. Um, but I just wanted to read a little bit very quickly Um, this is one starring Belladonna Um, I'll just just read this out Belladonna the deadly nightshade is a witch and it has always been her vow to bring the rest of the herbs within her power Although she's tried many times in the past, somehow things have always gone wrong. But when the weather is right, when there is a kind of stillness in the air, with just a hint of thunder in the surrounding hills, you can bet your life Bella Donna, won't be far away.
5: That's That's a bit
0: unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, a, just a bit of horror in there, you know, mm-hmm. for, the, for the kiddies, frighten mm, the kids. They love it. <laughs> oh excuse me um but yeah we i mean yeah the series original run is from february to may 1968 but i remember it as a kid so again it's one of these series that got repeated forever Mm -hmm. and ever and ever i mean we've got the uh the dvd now thankfully um and i think i think you didn't really know it at all did you not, No, not really no, no not but you've, so you've enjoyed it i, have, I think because yeah. you said mm. it, it's a very inclusive yes. universe isn't it Yeah,
2: because it's notable that in the episode which is um featuring Pashana Bedi, mm-hmm. that after his snake escapes and lady rosemary's talking to him she calls him mr Bedi. yeah so, so there's, there's everybody's respectful. very respectful of everybody else, and I think that's a really a Michael Bond thing that everybody is equal. Yeah. Everybody's the same.
0: I mean, there there is um, theherbs.homestead.com, which is worth a look at, which has got some extra information that we won't we won't go over here really. But there's a lovely little piece um, from um, Michael Bond about. The making of the final episode, mm. which is Parsley's uh, birthday party. Parsley. Parsley's birthday party, and that's a that's a sort of Five Doctors one in that mm. everybody turns up yes. for that. So mm. there's a little little piece with everybody there, mm-hmm. um, and it says. Um, Gordon Rollings is the only man I have ever met who actually turned up at a studio one morning, dead on time as always, but wearing an ice pack on his head, following what he gloomily called a bit of a do the previous night. Uh, the script that day was a complicated one, which was revolved around a surprise birthday party. At the very end, every the inhabitants of the herb garden had to sing Happy Birthday, each line being rendered in the voice of a different character. Gordon sailed through the script with a minimum of retakes, although at one point the sound engineer complained about strange rapping noises every time he moved his head because of the ice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just that's just a lovely little uh, little piece of info there. But yes, um, I think I think it's it's um, well worth.
2: Yeah, if you haven't seen it, we'd advise you to watch it. Yes, because it's got good stories and a cute cute lion and dragon. Yeah, a hyperactive dog. <laughs>
0: Well, you're always a sucker for cute animals, I am anyway. i cute animals, yes. Yeah. There we go, yeah. Um, just, just thank you for that, Michael. It's, yes. it's, you know, it's. As I said, I, I love Paddington, but mm-hmm. then I love the herbs as well. I, yeah. I, I didn't want to sort of forget about the herbs, no. so no. I just wanted to do do a little piece on it there. Right, <laughs> and now we'll uh, we've got a, another guest piece mm-hmm. from uh, Mr. Paul Chandler, yes. who's who's got his jersey on. Apparently. Is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got his jersey on, you see. Right. That's a joke. Okay. You'll get that in a
2: minute. Right. Ta Bye!
1: Businessman goes missing. Jim Bergerac is hot on the trail. Will you go easy? Be discreet. People know him here, respect him, like him. He's a busy man, okay?
4: Do you want him back? Jean Pichet. Peter Hughes.
1: I put all my money into this partnership, Sergeant. He's destroyed me. So, he's the least our man. Jim, yours
6: or mine bergerac tonight at 8 15 on bbc one hello it's me paul the shy Yeti. well this time i wanted to uh, talk to you a bit about one of my favorite shows um and that is bergerac yes a detective show which ran from the 18th of october 1981 to the 26th of december 1991 it it was kind of uh, I guess the um, replacement for the show shoestring with Trevor Eve which was also created by the producer Robert Banks Stewart who uh, also has Doctor Who associations now um, I'm going to kind of rattle through the seasons really and mention some of the uh, main characters Um, the cast Sort of does come and go, and um, Bergerac obviously is the main character played by John Nettles. But um, the only other character who's in the every single season of the show is um, Charlie Hungerford, played by Terence Alexander, who is um, well, firstly he's Bergerac's ex-father-in-law, but i guess they're friends but uh, uh sometimes it's a bit of an uneasy friendship but uh oh, charlie hungerford is probably well i always think of charlie hungerford as being a sort of more upper class version of arthur daly from minder his heart is in the right place but but business is always on his mind and uh yeah so bergerac the series is largely set in the island on the island of Jersey in the Channel Islands although the series does move about a bit um, yeah there are episodes set in France and and the UK most notably London and Bath but uh, what else can I tell you before I move on to specific uh, seasons um, there were nine seasons and there were 87 episodes in all now most of them were 50-minute episodes, but but certainly at its most popular, there were Christmas specials. Now there were uh, six of those, and they were well. They were usually around 90 minutes, sometimes even longer. Each season had between eight to ten episodes, and uh, yeah, in the same way as Doctor Who these days is always shown on Christmas Day. Well. The Christmas specials of Bergerac from 1986 onwards they were shown they were shown on Boxing Day. Um, the one thing that is notable and the one thing I, I definitely support, is that those Christmas specials, they didn't have to be about Christmas. and that's one thing that sometimes annoys me about modern Doctor Who is that because it's Christmas, it has to be set at Christmas, a typical Western Christmas. Where it's snow, and I mean, in London we never get snow at Christmas. You know, why not do an episode set in Australia where it's really sunny? You know, Christmas isn't sunny everywhere, but it is on Doctor Who. But in Bergerac, um, I don't really remember any of the episodes actually being set at Christmas, particularly not the Christmas specials, they may have been autumnal. But, um, you know, a typical Bergerac Christmas special was just an excuse for a special, longer episode of the show. Um, presumably filmed at the end of the most recent batch or at the start of the next batch, you know but uh, anyway. Um, so Bergerac he's a detective, slightly unorthodox, um, He, at the start of the series he's recovering from alcoholism and as a result of his drinking he's also he's also recently experienced divorce, he has a daughter, we sometimes meet the daughter, we sometimes meet the ex-wife and at the start of the series he's also just had major surgery on his leg so in in the first season his girlfriend is called Francine Francine Leyland now I apologies if I don't pronounce it right, she's played by Cecile Pauli. and uh, she's, uh, she's only really a character in the, f- the first season. Now, throughout the whole series, there are various characters that come and go. The head of the Bureau of Investigation that Bergerac works for in Jersey throughout most of the series is called Inspector Crozier, played by Sean Arnold. And uh, although by season nine, I think he's pretty much gone. I don't actually remember him being in any of those episodes. In the early episodes there's a sort of sec- office secretary Charlotte, played by Annette Badland and, and about halfway through the series she's replaced by another character, a slightly older lady called Peggy, played by Nancy Mansfield yeah, there were various um, sort of sidekicks that Bergerac have throughout the series, again they change about halfway and a new set of uh, characters emerge but uh, I don't want to get too confusing, or go into going too much detail because it's the stories that really matter. And uh, the only other characters I should mention are Diamante Lil, played by Mella White. She runs a pub in the early series, later on a nightclub. I don't recall it being mentioned what happened to her. I may be wrong, I've watched these episodes quite a few times, but I can't remember everything. But no, I don't think it's mentioned what happens to her. Now, I started to tell you about the main ladies in Bergerac's life. And as I say, in series one it's Francine. In series two there's a character called Marianne Belshade now she's played by Celia Imory who's best known for her work with Victoria Wood. It's quite a strange pairing those two have. I wouldn't say it's quite Steed and Emma Peel because well, (laughs) Bergerac certainly not as uh, uh, suave and sophisticated as John Steed but there's definitely one episode where they share a bed that's partly because they're pretending to be married as part of an investigation. Marianne isn't actually a detective but uh, there's definitely something going on between them but uh, yeah, she sort of vanishes after the second series that makes it sound like a plot point and it really isn't she's gone by series 3 and in series 3 he doesn't really have a girlfriend those episodes do tend to focus more on the fact that his ex-wife Debbie and their daughter Kim they're they're definitely around more in series 3 but then slowly from series 4 onwards we see the introduction of Susan Young an estate agent played by Louise Jameson now Louise Jameson obviously is also known for playing Leela in Doctor Who now whilst Louise Jameson only played Leela for well two seasons a season and a half she is involved with Bergerac from early on in series four until she's written out at the start of season 8 which is the penultimate series and uh, I can't say too much but she does have quite a dramatic ending a lot of the time that uh, Bergerac is with Susan um, Susan and Bergerac are well, they're on and off they're very much an on and off couple partly because of the job, you know Jim's always running off to solve some crime or another and poor Susan is left sitting in a restaurant um, looking forward to some, some nice dinner with jim only to find that jim hasn't turned up or has turned up and then after five minutes has had to rush off again but uh, anyway so yes so the last two seasons well during the um, penultimate season he meets uh, danielle played by therese leotard danielle's father owns a vineyard and this sort of takes the series to france quite a great deal because by this point well i think certainly by season nine Bergerac's pretty much a private detective rather than working for the Jersey Police but uh, although I've liked the show since the 80s and we used to watch it as a family and we also used to go to the Channel Islands uh, as a family for summer holidays occasionally when we were on holiday we'd spot them filming and uh, Bergerac drove a particularly notable car it was uh, a Burgundy 1947 Triumph Roadster yes, I don't know anything about cars but this is what it says on Wikipedia So even though I've watched the series for years and I own the series um, only very recently did I actually watch the final episode literally this year. The very final episode sort of moves the plot on even further uh, by which point he's no longer even with Danielle um, and he sort of hit the bottle again and uh, yeah there are some sort of hints as to what might happen next. Well of course we all know that Jim Bergerac ended up on Midsummer Murders. Yes, uh, with a false name, and... No, he didn't, know. But, uh, anyway, that was John Nettle. Anyway, let me rattle through some of my favourite episodes. One thing that is notable about Bergerac is that there are certain episodes that have a sort of supernatural element. So, although it's... A, no, it's generally... It's a... Um, stories are sort of crime-related. There are one or two episodes, particularly from the four series onwards, that have sort of slightly... Well, slightly sinister... Twists. If you're interested in that, episodes you might uh, be interested in seeing include "What Dreams May Come," uh, "Poison," "Fires in the Fall," and uh, "The Dig," which involves a Viking curse, and uh, "Warriors," which is about a group who believe in the existence of Atlantis. But uh, so yes, it's not always you know terribly dry, and terribly serious. In fact, Charlie Hungerford is definitely sort of partly. So she's comic relief in the series because some of the things that he does raise a smile. There is one other character that I should mention, and uh, she's played by Lisa Goddard. She's known as the Ice Maiden. Um, her real name is Philippa Vale, and she's a lady jewel thief, I suppose. And uh, she appears in sort of half a dozen episodes. Oh, and the other thing before I go on is for fans of Doctor Who. There are lots of connections with Doctor Who. From the writers, Robert Holmes, Bob Baker, Dennis Spooner, even Brian Clemens, creator of The Avengers, writes an episode. Of course, uh, the show was created by Robert Banks Stewart, who uh, wrote Tower of the Zygons and Seeds of Doom. Of course, the show is littered with uh, famous faces. And uh, let me just pick through some of the seasons quickly. Um, So, the first season has 10 episodes and for instance there are episodes about the arms trade there's an episode about the suspicious death of a prominent local leader, there were stories involving drugs and uh, Russian defection and uh, in the first season we got cameos by Prunella Scales Ian Hendry, Tino Evans, Patrick Moer, Kevin Stoney, Jeffrey Belden Maureen O'Brien, Warren Clark Greta Scacchi. so uh the second season there's a story set in france we've got gareth thomas anthony valentine Catherine shell joanne wally norman wisdom uh, richard griffiths jeff rawl nicholas ball peter craze and uh, yeah there were quite a range of different stories in the second season um for instance the episode with nicholas ball is called miracle every week it says In the synopsis, Jim must protect an Indian faith healer from con men out to exploit his abilities. Another episode, a perfect recapture, a wheel drop from a flying plane and a trail of Mark Franks leads Jim and a dogged mainland detective to a computer embezzler who stole £2 million from the police ten years earlier. The following episode, The Moonlight Girls, Jim's investigation into the death of a young woman supposed to be working at a local stable reveals a profitable cool girl operation. So, uh, yeah all sorts of different things um, in the third series you have cameos people like Michael Angeles, Richard Herndall Dennis Lill Tony Selby and that's also the first season that Lisa Goddard appears in um, now um, there are really good episodes in all three seasons where, where I think the series really gets strong is that middle period where Louise Jameson comes into it and uh, that's from the fourth series which is 1985 cameos in the fourth series include bernard archer charles gray beryl reed um lisa goddard returns in the episode return of the ice maiden one of my favorite episodes of that series is called chrissy um, jim is under pressure to find a briefcase containing fashion designs and a baby who disappeared with her nurse it's after the fourth series that we start having the christmas special fires in the fall with amanda redmond a spiritualist contacts the ghost of a dead arsonist responsible for the death of a young girl at the same time as a new series of fires breaks out resembling his earlier handiwork. Um, that, uh, that was written by Chris Boucher, another Doctor Who connection. That was a really good one. The fifth series has cameos from Judy Cornwall, Michael Gambon, Lisa Goddard's back again, Um, probably my favourite episode of that series is called Poison and uh, Alfred Burke appears in that episode and the plot of that one is Jim investigates when a mason drops dead in the middle of his initiation ceremony of course Charlie Hungerford is uh, (laughs) involved now um, the Christmas special in 87 that uh, was another of the Lisa Goddard episodes Uh, the sixth series in 88 Lisa Goddard returns again. (laughs) It's not just Lisa Goddard, I promise you. Um, You know, in a series of, say, ten episodes, you uh, usually find in this period that, uh, yeah, the Ice Maiden will return at some point. But as you can see, in the later series, you're still getting good cameos. People like Kenneth Cope, Stephen McGann, David Troughton, Jeffrey Beavers, Tony Robinson... Uh, Tony Robinson appears in the second episode of the 8th series in 1990. That's the same series as the episode involving the archaeological dig. And the 8th series also has appearances by Julian Glover and Geoffrey Palmer. I used to think that the last two seasons of the show weren't, you know, they were definitely the show sort of perhaps showing signs of tiredness, but actually watching it again more recently, I do feel like it's actually trying to find a way of changing things. And uh, I think even though uh, Susan, Louise Jameson's character, wasn't always treated that well, uh, she did have some really good stories where she was really in the forefront of events. If there's an episode you want to watch with Louise Jameson in, I would highly recommend Desirable Little Residents from 1987, which is part of the fifth season. So, yeah, a bit of a mixture for her, but I don't think Danielle, the Danielle character was as strong but then they did try to change things by having her more associated with France I definitely think it helps to freshen things up having Bergerac dating somebody outside of Jersey and also to the point where he's leaving the police force and trying to be a private detective so uh, looking back yeah at the time maybe I didn't appreciate those changes or I basically uh, I was of the age where um, Louise Jameson being in the show was one of the main draws for me so watching it now yeah i can see that they're trying to change things around yeah mostly it, it was pretty successful by the time of the eighth or ninth series some of the, the writers that, that i mentioned earlier who i connected with doctor who had all pretty much moved on and uh, yeah there was definitely a change in the the writing team and uh, but overall it's definitely a series worth investing time in now i was in jersey myself just a few months ago, I went to the local museum and they were doing an exhibition on uh, Jersey in the 80s and uh, <laughs> they had tied it in two episodes of Bergerac. So um, they would pick, say, an episode of Bergerac that perhaps was involved with pollution and then they'd kind of... And then they'd kind of widen it out and say, oh, well, you know, in the 1980s, pollution was this or here's an episode of Bergerac where people were worried about nuclear war and yes this is how it worked into real life uh they, they didn't have a lot of photos or video footage from the show but they were definitely trying to uh, show how bergerac was a show that tapped into the things that mattered to people in the 80s so i appreciated that they tried to tie it all in so ultimately i say give it a go there are a lot of interesting episodes in there they're all pretty different and uh, some shows can fit into a formula that gets very repetitive and I wouldn't say that's really the case with Bergerac. They, they do try and um, make the stories as different as possible and you know and you can't always take that for granted in a lot of shows particularly not shows that last as long as Bergerac lasted so you yeah, it was a full 10 years. So yeah I'd say go check it out because if you don't watch it you'll be breaking the law oh yeah.
0: thank you to paul for that
2: yes thank you paul another interesting article yes
0: paul has got some other things coming up in the future we hope so
2: so stay tuned
0: more from him later Mm -hmm. um but now warren mad fool that he is (laughs) um wanted to interview us for some reason i don't know that we've got anything particularly interesting to say but Mm -hmm. uh, yes he wanted to ask us some questions so let's see what he he wanted to know (laughs) and we'll be back later well we'll be back now but this is in the past so yeah. yes
5: you know We're back soon that's it bye bye hello and joining me on the rack today it's a rack <laughs> on the rack for the washing up rack absolutely
2: it's <laughs> gonna be a bit crowded
5: <laughs> <laughs> next to your crockery mm. um if you'd like to introduce yourselves uh I must be Andrew. Yes, you must, and I must be Lisa. Oh, and you both—is crea- that the first question? It is. Oh, yes. Good. Well done. You okay. said, uh, "Yeah, that's right." Hundred percent so far, points, and yeah. you got it in the right order as well. I knew that. <laughs> I can recognise me. Uh, you are both creators, producers, okay. <laughs> contributors yes. to Ooh, a podcast known as Around the Archives, which is yeah. Oh, well, they sorry. should know that because they're listening to it. Ah, yes. Absolutely, they yeah. should. Um, mm. I am going to ask you a few questions. Oh, okay. Though. Blimey! I right. am uh, going to um, throw them in randomly. Okay. I like random. Or we do like random <laughs> okay oh, let's start with what's the most uh the program with the most dire title sequence or theme tune you that you can think of that really makes you cringe oh there's one
0: that really grates on me <laughs> and i might even subject the listeners to it Ooh. it's barnaby the bear oh, no. um from the
2: you got chocolate
5: on your t-shirt
0: so, you didn't need to point that out on audio <laughs>
5: It's right off of grandfather
0: Grandpa's <laughs> I'm face. wearing a Grandpa Monster T-shirt with chocolate down it. Yes. OK. How do I miss? I don't know. Hey, come on. Uh, Barnaby the Bear, as sung by that well-known singer Colin Jeevens. Oh,
2: <laughs> he's neither cute or can sing. So yeah. what, what... And
0: I'm going to have to drop a bit in now mm. to listen to. So mm. here's Barnaby the Bear.
1: If you want to sing this way, think of what you'd like to say Add the tune and you will see just how easy it can be treacle pudding fish and chips, fizzy drinks and licorice flowers rivers sand and sea snowflakes and the stars are free la 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 so.
2: Barnaby the Bear's my name Never call me Jack or James I will sing my
5: way to fame Barnaby the Bear's my name Sorry. Sorry what? about that. That you've had to it the Bear. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. I've just <laughs> monitored your uh, listenership and it's <laughs> dropped by 90%. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those it's just trying far
0: too hard to be upbeat and cheerful and happy. Thank you and just all Failing it does is great
3: because
0: <laughs> mm. no it's, it's yeah oh no no
5: no no. Well, Lisa how would you go with that for question
2: for me it would be Dog Tanyan and the Masker Hounds <laughs> oh
5: why is that
0: because
2: that? he's really annoying <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say just listen to it okay. he's annoying oh whatever well, yeah. he's perky and, and oh we don't like perky no. false perky yeah.
5: we yeah. don't like false perky yes okay here we go sir. What programme is is almost, but forgotten these days, but has a very special memory that you hold, or something that might sit in the back Mm -hmm. of your subconscious? Go for that one, Lisa.
2: Oh, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, I might have to have a think about that either.
0: Well, um, it's it's weird. There's a number of things that I can remember um, that... Are you going to ask about early memories as well later or not? Um,
5: you could bring early memories into this. I'm, I'm going
0: yeah, we'll to name a few shows. Mm. Um, and some of them I've sort of tried to find copies of over the years. And occasionally YouTube will 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 come up with, with some long forgotten things. Um, I think people of my age probably remember words and pictures
2: oh yeah i like words and pictures yeah
0: but you remember i remember wordy wordy.
2: which is that sort of i don't know what he was he was some sort of weird thing thing. with typewriter
0: keys but previous to that there was a sequence in it called sam on boff's island which is really one of my earliest tv memories um and it was I, i was so pleased to find a clip of it um recently. It was presented by um, Tony Robinson, and the animation was done by Postgate and Furmin.
1: When this winking light you see, say these words out loud to me. Words and pictures. I'm a Beth too we live on, on Bob's Island. Island Boff? yes Bob.
3: where is the Sam?
0: Ah! and of course everybody remembers all their other work mm-hmm. but the moment you see it you recognise it's by postgame and, and what I remember and this is going to be about 1972 73 so I would have been about four maybe Um it was it was all to do with words and the way words were made and they they had this weird machine um that you could type the words into and the thing that you typed into the machine would appear so it was a bit like a sort of replicator on star trek the next generation or something or indeed a 3d printer but the the words were made up of the individual letters and the letters were made from recording the sound of these birds the say birds so there was a bird that was the, would say the letter b it would go b, and you get all these little bees going on a little sort of um sort of conveyor belt thing and then you would type the word bananas out of all the letters and then you would put the word bananas into the machine and some bananas would appear and it's only recently i found that that clip but it seems to be utterly forgotten now sam on boff's island it's called and, yes
2: i'm thinking about it for me i'm not sure it's forgotten but one of my earliest things because i don't i can't remember from when i was really young but i do remember emu emu emu, emu. <laughs> and the pink windmill oh, which also oh. has an irritating theme thing that's, that's, that's thing. on, TV, wasn't it on it tv it is yeah because yeah. Yeah. i remember emu's broadcasting
0: company i'm yeah, not I'm I enough for that, that but that's one. before yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah yeah this was uh, it was him and he lived in a pink windmill and there were kids and there was a witch the crop bags and there's croc oh, yeah. and a rubbish robot who I still can't remember what it's called who's like bag croc bags is oh, Carolee yeah. Scott yeah yeah. yeah, yeah and and somebody knock on the door and I go there's somebody yeah, yeah the, the door <laughs> Yeah, this, and that's it. That's yeah. just
5: come flooding back yep. like a rash. <laughs> 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 Next question. Quick one in here. Yeah. Magpie, Blue Peter, no thinking about it. Blue Peter. Blue Peter. Oh, why? I'm not, I'm old enough to remember Magpie. I'm afraid I wasn't another of these people that.
0: Stand, if you turn the telly on, it would be on BBC One. Yeah. Yeah, that was what the button was always on. It was partly that yeah. as well, yeah. Okay. The, the button was always on BBC One. Yeah. 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 Not yeah.
5: always, but. Days before remote but, controls. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Your most scary public information film that you saw during your childhood. See, I don't
2: really remember the public information films because they're 70s and I was born in 72. So by the time I was old enough to really sort of watch television, they probably weren't so many of those. But in hindsight, it'd probably be the fridge one.
5: Oh, is that... What's the fridge one? The fridge
2: one, which is, like, people that, like... Fridges that are going to be
5: thrown away.
2: Bridders, yeah, going to be thrown away. Don't get in the fridge because once the door shut, you can't breathe. Basically, I think is is I the thing. That really one. That's,
0: isn't that why they had to change the title sequence to the Wombles? Oh yeah, because of the yes, fridge. Going
5: through the fridge, yeah. the opening
0: yes. title sequence of early Wombles is a yes. fridge that the door falls open. Yeah. Yeah. And then later, was It's a television set. Yes. Yeah. And I think there God. was a complaint that kids might play in fridges and get yeah. trapped Chesters in freezers, them. wasn't it?
5: They yeah. get it. Now, yeah. I here's one for Andrew. I don't mm. know if you remember this. When we were at Cranwell Middle School, they played us some. Mm. They we had the the film projector, and they played us some public information films about playing on um, <coughs> playing <coughs> on farms and farmyards. Yeah. Do you remember well, I that? I remember
2: that yes. one. I've well, seen that re- more recently.
0: Because I grew up on a farm, to me that was obvious. Yeah. That I. Why would you need a film to tell you not to do that? Yeah. But don't drink that poison and travel on the back well, of the yeah, tractor. Well, yeah, obviously you don't do that. So, <laughs> so those ones didn't really affect me because I think the one that um, sort of the one that sticks in my head though is the kid running along on the beach with the broken bottle. Oh yeah, that's quite and smart, he's right? about oh, in it no. freeze frames just as his foot's about to go on the jagged glass, oh. and I don't know quite whether they did let the kid just stand on it or <laughs> something but but that yeah, I mean, I remember. You know things like Joe and Petunia and the sort of oh, yeah. swimming ones. Uh, but since I couldn't mm. swim, I wasn't going anywhere near the water anyway. <laughs>
5: mm. So I always remember the Donald Pleasants being the, the, um, the creepy of... mug. All oh, yes. right, I am the, voice the voice of, of, of death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Thank you to Warren for yes, interviewing thank us. thank
2: you, Warren. That yes. was an interesting day.
0: <laughs> uh, part two of that interview should appear on the next episode, which will be episode 14. Oh, my goodness me. me. And now uh, we've got uh, another interview coming up oh, with firmie. somebody that we've wanted to get on here for quite some time. Yes, We indeed. finally managed to corner him we did. a few days ago.
2: It was raining. He couldn't run and away. And it was
0: absolutely chucking down. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of uh, a food festival in Poundbury.
2: Yes. So if there's uh, noise, that's why there is.
0: Yes, but uh, yes, it's it's Mr John Chalice. Yes, so.
2: TV's um,
1: Boise.
0: Yes, amongst mm. other things. But mm. uh, Let's see what he's got to say.
1: Yeah.
0: See you soon. Bye.
1: The Andy Williams Show is at ten past seven, but now part one of this week's Zedcar story, which is in black and white.
0: Hello, we find ourselves in the middle of Poundbury, and we've stumbled across television's John Chalice. Hello, television's John Chalice. Yeah. Say hello. Uh,
4: hello. Uh, why are you stumbling? Had too much cider, I suppose, <laughs> I have you? I haven't been on the cider. Oh, you haven't. Um, but It's um, about time you started. Well, I will do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to ask
0: you about your memories of working on Z cars, believe it or not, because we've had a request. Z
4: cars? Z Z cars, cars it's a like hundred years ago, I isn't know. it? Um, yeah, so one of the first tellies I ever did. I was terribly excited to be asked to be in Z Cars, um, and I uh, played a character called Sergeant Culshaw, I believe it was called. And I became a sort of semi-regular on its station sergeant type. So I wasn't out of the cars in the action shots. I was, uh, I was back at the station, and um, I was always answering the phone. I remember always picking up the phone, saying things like, uh, "Hello, no, oh, hello, Mrs. Thompson, yep oh the cat's got stuck up a tree again is it right we'll send someone around stuff like that and then cut you know to all the action of the boys in the cars and so on but um, Zed Cars was groundbreaking of course at the time it was the first of the sort of gritty uh, reality police series all those years ago
0: I mean we're very big fans of it and yeah We've seen some of the black and white stuff, and we've seen some of the colour stuff, but unfortunately, we've never actually seen one of yours yet.
4: Have you not? Well, yeah. well you, you missed out because those are the best episodes of the lot. Of course, <laughs> the ones I was in. no I think it was—I think it was black and white. All the ones I did. Oh, and uh, can, can you can you remember who was um, who were the directors on some of those? Ooh, directors! Yeah. Good heavens! Uh, wait a minute. Um, I think um, who's one of them finished up being my I agent, didn't he? It, Tim, Tim, who was it? My agent, Tim, Tim Coom. Oh, Tim, Tim, Tim Coombe was a ah. staff director at the time, I think. Uh, Barry, 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 somebody, Barry Davis. No, no, he was somebody. Come on. Um, anyway, it was it was usually BBC staff directors, wasn't it? I think at the time. But I was in and out of it really for two years, and uh, I'm very, very proud of it. Um, as I say, I didn't have a lot to do, but um, I just. Because it was such a groundbreaking series, I was very excited to be in it. I have to say uh, and the first of a lot of- poli- I played a lot of policemen and mainly because I was so tall and good looking um, <laughs> but no i i I was right because I had a, a slightly laconic attitude i suppose and uh, and um yeah, I was tall, you know, and I looked like a policeman, so, uh, so it was the first of a, a lot of policemen I played, so... We're in Dorset today, and there's a load of noise on the PA
0: system, so we apologise for that. Uh, but you've got two associations uh, with Dorset, uh, which are very dear to us, which are Seeds of Doom and Beaugest. Oh, both working for Douglas Camfield. Now, our friend, Michael Seeley, just done a book on Douglas. So uh-huh. I just wondered if you'd like to share your memories of working with Douglas on the on
4: this and the and the Sweeney, which we've just seen you in. Yes, uh, well, uh, Douglas was uh, just one of those directors, uh, one of the only directors who ever employed me twice. <laughs> <laughs> but three, he was three he, times, at least. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, wow. in fact, I think it was four so, eventually because I did a uh, I did off, a, a sort of thriller for him called Number on End, um, when I played uh, the South African assassin, which was uh, yeah, rather good yes. fun. Uh, but he was a good friend, uh, Douglas, and, uh, and he, he was a great military expert, and um, working with him on things like Boges when he never had the time to do it properly, it was sort of, OK chaps, out of the trenches, over the top, and let's get this done, you know, that's how he directed and it, and it was great fun, and I was part of um, a little repertory company he had, a lot of people worked for him two or three times, you know, and luckily I was one of those. Um, but he was a dear man, and I actually lived next door to him, can you believe, for, uh, for a short period. And we played tennis together, and we threw frisbees, and we did all sorts of silly things together. And uh, when he passed away, you know, tragically, at the age of 50, I mean, it was a terrible, terrible shock. And, uh, and me and several other sort of actors who knew him... He just, he, he just engendered this sort of loyalty about him, you, you'd follow him anywhere, you'd do anything for him, you know, and we carried his coffin into the church and we were all just tears pouring down, It was awful, couldn't stop crying, you know, and and it wasn't just because we thought our career was at an end, <laughs> which a lot of cynics would probably say, but it was, as I say, he was very unusual because he really cared about his people and, uh, and he gave people a chance and... Um, I think he was a born-again Christian, you know, and uh, he never talked about that, but he, he really believed in that, giving people a chance of looking after people, and uh, he's a very rare, very rare man. And uh, he had this reputation of being able to do vast stories, like Beaugest, in a very short space of time, and get it in under budget, on time. And that's why uh, the BBC loved him, you know, particularly the BBC. Um because he was a great organiser, a great list maker, and he really worked things out. And if, uh, if you were lucky enough to be employed by him, you were part of the team, and you were part of that platoon, and you were going to get the job done, you know. And I miss him, I, miss, I still miss him. And uh, In my autobiography, I've, uh, there's a picture of me and him together, and uh, every time I look at it, I think, God, I wish he was still around. I really do. Well, I have to say that, as a
0: kid, the Seeds of Doom was one of the scariest things I'd ever seen. Um, but it's also as an adult, it's one of the best Doctor Who stories i've ever seen. Um, so I'd like to thank people that have been involved in that story you know There's, there's a few people still around Graham Harper, uh, Tom, of course, yeah. uh, sadly, we lost Liz Laden a, oh, a yeah. few years ago now, but um, I think that's one of the sto- that's one of those stories that turned me into a fan yeah and sort of you know, to put me on a career of being a fan, and ultimately, it's one of the reasons I ended up with my partner Lisa
3: oh, through, right. through
0: Doctor Who fandom. So, I've got to thank people like you for having an, in, an influence on our lives, ah. which is true.
4: Well, that's very nice. Uh, very nice of you to say so. That was uh, Seeds of Doom's one of the happiest jobs I ever did. Um, again, with uh, with Douglas and um, and Tom Baker who Talk about larger than life, you know, and. A lovely Liz Sladen, and uh, again, unbelievably, no longer with us. You just can't can't get your head around it. You know, Tony Beckley, of course, was in it, and uh, it was the only time I worked with him, and uh, and he was he was great fun to be. It was just a great bunch of people, and and uh, Douglas was really good at getting uh, the right people together. You know, um, I uh, yeah, as I say, it remains just such a happy memory for me, and. Uh, and to see it back, you know, and you think, God, those are the good old days of, of Doctor Who, you know. But it's great to hear you've—it uh, meant so much to you, and uh, and you met the lovely Lisa as well. So I mean, how lucky is that? What a Brilliant. Okay, thank you, John. That's lovely of you. Thank That's you very much. Very you.
0: And thank you very much to John for that. Yes, thank you, John. Lovely piece.
2: Very kind of you. And thank you to his lovely wife Carol for letting us
0: um, shelter
2: shelter in their gazebo when it absolutely <laughs> fell down with rain. Yes,
0: indeed. Warren uh, turned up and got to say hello briefly, which yes. was nice. Yeah. Um, just thought we ought to briefly um, go through John's Zed Cars episodes.
2: Okay. And normally none of which we've seen have seen yeah, because so they didn't do those on the,
0: yeah, the DVD, dvd releases before,
2: or either side of it. Are,
0: are sort of exactly in the middle yes um it's most fir- annoying so yeah john's first one is if i can't have him parts one and two from 1967 which does exist right? and uh, it's directed by eric hills mm-hmm. his next one's not till 1971 though it's part one of the horse dealer okay. which is missing and was directed by christopher Barry. Oh, which so is the Barry. He it was the, the Barry, yes, yeah, so it wasn't right. Barry Letts at all. Oh, I didn't yeah. really
2: think it was. I said it and then thought, oh no, it's yeah. probably not because he was a producer. But the
0: Tim time. Coombe one is Last Bus to Newtown mm. from 1972, which is also missing. Right. Um, we should say about Tim Coombe that yeah. um, the name Tim Coombe was used by John Pertwee as a as a voice oh, exercise, yes. wasn't yes, it? yes,
2: because he used to do a group of yeah,
0: voice Yeah, because they, they used the morning, to clear their it? sort of throats yes. um, by going Tim coom, yeah. which replaced what they used to say yeah. previously. Mm-hmm. It was Harry Roy. So yes. so it was Harry Roy. Yes. And Harry Roy was a sort of band leader yes. from the 1930s mm-hmm. who uh, uh, did some interesting songs. Yes. Because we've recently um, looked him up. Yes. And we found a song from 1931, My Girl's Pussy. Mm-hmm which um, does sort of link into what we're going to do next. Yes. So here's a little short bit of My Girl's Pussy from Harry Roy.
1: There's one pet I like to pet And every evening we get set I stroke it every chance I get It's my girl's pussy Seldom plays and never purrs And I love the thoughts it stirs But I don't mind because it hurts My girl's pussy Often it goes out at night Returns at break of dawn No matter what the weather's like It's always nice and warm It's never dirty always. Is
0: clean in giving thrills never mean but it's the best I've ever seen is pussy well I can't see any double meaning there can no, you not no not at all no but yeah real shades of Mrs Slocum's pussy from Are yes. You Being Served and of course John played Captain Peacock in the recent remake he or did. the recent new episode pilot pilot whatever yes. Um. yes so where were we uh, 1972 sees John in the episode Lynch, directed mm-hmm. by Gerald Blake, which is also missing. Mm-hmm. 1973, Inspector Lynch, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Ron Craddock.
2: Oh, the shapely...
0: Shapely, honey blonde Ron Craddock.
2: Head-turning Ron Craddock.
0: We'll explain that one next time, hopefully. Uh, 1973, Pieces. Um, everything exists from this point on, by the way. Pieces, 1973, Eric Davidson, The Cinder Path, drone uh, Craft, also 1973 allegiance 1974 eric hills um intruder 1974 mary ridge mm-hmm. i just need to turn my notes over bits and bats 1974 michael bryant quiet as the grave 1974 Derek martinez or martinus i never know how to pronounce that no i
2: would have said martinez all right, right. and
0: bit of business 1975 oliver horse or however you say that name oh, i said horseberg horseberg no, no it'd be Right. i don't know john would know how to say that but maybe. yes <laughs> maybe <laughs> but yeah we are going to be seeing john again fairly soon um because we won't be forgiven if we don't plug no. uh his no, upcoming events asked
2: multiple times to plug yes his multiple, uh, his multiple uh, events
0: because events, events. he does a um evening a one, sort of a, a, a re- one-man show a one-woman wo- one show, one woman show. <laughs> that's what we used to say about yes. can yes. um yes john's one-man show about his sort of career mm-hmm. which is highly recommended yes. um we're going to be seeing him at the little theater in bournemouth on mm-hmm. the 10th of november yeah um he's also appearing uh well if you go to his website which is www.wigmorebooks.com there's a tab mm-hmm. um events which is well worth a look uh, it doesn't list the Weymouth appearance. The Weymouth appearance um, is the day after, on the 11th, mm-hmm. and that's at the Riviera Hotel in Weymouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he's also... Then he's appearing at in Bath on the 12th. Um, but, yeah, there's, lo- there's loads of upcoming appearances listed. Also, um, his books as well. His new book, Wigmore Abbey, which we've just uh, mm-hmm. got about his uh, lovely house. Then... Two autobiographies, uh, being Boise, Boise and Beyond, um, and mm, two novels, and two novels as well. Um, Reg- Reggie, A Stag at Bay, and Reggie in the Frame, and the what was the other, the other new book? And that mm, was, a book that about was the David Hemmings ben- one David that you've, you you've just got that haven't you? Yes. So mm. yes, all in all, yes, David Hemmings, Blow Up, and Other Exaggerations. Mm. Um, but yes, all all well. Worth a look. Yes. uh, Yes. All on his website. All on his website. And
2: he will sign them for you. Yes. I don't know if he's still got his bicycle. I don't know.
0: But yes. Um, And now we'll zoom on to the final big article, Mm -hmm. which is Are you being served? Yes. Okay, here we go.
1: Okay, see you soon. There's a new look to Monday evening entertainment on BBC One. At seven o'clock, Terry Wogan begins the first of his thrice-weekly Wogan shows, early evening entertainment with a touch of topicality. At 8.30, are you being served in a perennial problem for Mrs. Slocum? When they rang from the hospital to say they had a bed, I thought, I'm not parting with it. (laughs) Twenty minutes later, my pussy was in a basket on its way to Scotland. This is the new look to Monday evening on BBC One.
0: So Lisa, are you being served? Yes. Are you being
3: served?
2: Not no, are you being served. Is that, like is that, served? that the or answer
0: to, to the question? Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> are you being served? I love are you being served.
0: And we've, it's, in preparation for this article, we've watched every, episodes from every season. Every season. Uh, series. Season, series, series yeah, whatever. What yeah. um, yeah. And we've really enjoyed we, have. Doing we it. have
2: we started out thinking we won't pick our favourites because we always watch the same ones and we got towards the end and we went, we went oh let's just watch the ones we really, really like watching so we've just about 10 minutes ago finished watching The Hold Up which is from series 10 yes.
0: and we yeah we'll talk about The yeah. Hold Up in a bit more detail in a minute in a yeah. minute because it is one of your favourite episodes it is one of my favourite
2: episodes because it's just so ridiculous yes. it's, um, you
0: know, it's, it's are you being serious. it's probably one of the more famous series that we've covered yes um yeah. certainly Probably more
2: one of the well-known series yes i mean it's, it's well known in the in uk other countries as well. and
0: indeed in the us because yes. it, it it sort of featured quite yeah. strongly on pbs yes That's
2: really odd yeah send us your money we'll show programs yeah because we
0: found some p uh, some pbs pledge footage of molly Sugden yes. sort of promoting yeah. the series but inevitably people won't Know what the series no, is, so no. just a quick you run-through run of the setup. It's set um, in it.
2: Grace Brothers Department Store, mm-hmm. and you don't get department stores like this anymore because um, department stores now places like um, Debenhams, mm-hmm. other stores are available, <laughs> and in in. John Lewis. He, John Lewis. Yeah. Here in Paul we, we have... We got a
0: sofa from John Lewis. Yes,
2: two sofas from John Lewis. Uh, here in Paul we have Beals, which yeah. is a local...
0: Beals of Bournemouth.
2: ...department store, which is probably more along the lines of Grace Brothers, apart from the fact that it now has concessions in it, where Grace Brothers doesn't really have concessions. Hmm. Each floor is is a different department, so you have... Um, you have a hardware department and a sporting department and a pets department and a beauty department. And you have the gentleman's department. Oh, yes. And in the pilot episode, they are joined by the ladies and they're going to share their floor with the ladies, which is a thing unheard
0: of. <laughs> and
2: Mr Granger is very upset about it. Mr Granger Mr. is... Mr Granger is the senior salesperson. Yes,
0: he doesn't like this.
2: And he doesn't like this. He doesn't like a lot of things.
0: But the series starts in 1972. Yeah, it starts as a... As a... two
2: comedy playhouse
0: and it's created by Jeremy Lloyd and David Croft and David Croft so, um, and didn't Jeremy Lloyd have some experience yeah Jeremy Lloyd working? had
2: worked in Simpsons I believe it was Yeah. when he was out of work because he'd been an actor yeah. he was out of work so he worked in Simpsons for a bit and he got all this material um, this is back in the days when sort of as I say department stores were very different to the way they are now I mean
0: you work in retail I do yes, yes. Um, and where you work isn't quite quite the same. No. But you no. do get your you do share get, of yeah. of customers yeah. coming through the door, don't yes. you, who are... Could be uh, a slightly awkward... Hello, oh, Rose! Rose is just jumping up. That's what the scratching noise was. Hello, no, Rose. Sit down! Yeah, well, most appropriate that our pussies come to visit, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, oh, because we have to talk about Mrs. Slocum's pussy. Yes. Mrs. Slocum is head of... Of the ladies', ladies department. Wear, it's and her she, and Miss Brahms. And she's got an infamous cat
2: a cat her pussy yes who she always you, refers it to you
0: keep getting jokes about yeah. that yeah but let's just run through who the who the main cast right.
2: so are. you have on the men's well first of all you have captain peacock mm-hmm. and he's the floor walker yes now, now i don't think that job has existed for about 40 years
0: but, but the set is um yeah. there's two lifts, aren't two there? lifts and when so the customers come, come out of this lift,
2: and down the stairs He'll meet them at the bottom of the stairs and, and say... And direct them to where, you being they, served,
0: to where they want to go. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, played by Frank, uh, Frank Thornton. Thornton. Uh, later played by John Chalice yes, in the, in, in in the, the, the recent in the, episode. Yes, in the more
2: recent episode, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, but you've got the menswear and the ladies, yeah. ladies department. And in
2: um, the menswear department, I yes, suppose, we have the aforementioned Mr Granger. Played by? Played by... Um, Oh, I've forgotten his name. What's his name? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Gone blank.
0: Mr. Granger. Oh, I better look now. I shall have a look. Main characters. Mr. Granger is Arthur Brough. Yes. Yes. Here we go.
2: Yeah. And I think this was one of the bigger breaks for him, really, because he's not in many other things. He's in an episode of um, Upstairs, Downstairs. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's that's the only other thing I've ever seen him in. All right. So I've never seen him in anything.
0: I shall, I should just see if I can find um, anything else.
2: And then his next, the next in line from him is. Oh, mis-
0: he's in Zed. He's in Zed Cars. Oh, okay. and He's in Dad's Dad's Army as well because okay. he's the um, in a Wilson manager. He's at the right. bank that, oh, right, that, okay. that Wilson takes ah, over. Yes. Michael. He's also in Randall and Hopgook to see Stadamadamout lives and Jason King. All right. Well, Jason I've, King. I've obviously Jason never
2: King. seen any of those episodes. Okay. All right.
0: So. But yes, I don't know okay. what, quite what Zed Cars he's in, but there okay. you go. Sure. Um, There's
2: a bit of a Zed Cars theme here. But he,
0: the series itself lasts for 10 series, doesn't it? it?
2: Yes, 10 series every 11 years.
0: So Arthur Brough lasts for the first, um, is from series one to five, five and then you keep getting replacements you for do. him don't you you do yeah. so you so, get mr tebbs yes james hater yes mr goldberg yeah alfie bass mm-hmm. mr grossman Milo Sperber, yep. and mr klein benny lee yeah
2: and they're both in the same mr series. grossman and mr
0: klein both occur in season eight yes and then after season eight they they sort of, they sort of just have, give have it with mr humphries and his assistant yes. Yes. and
2: mr humphries is the next in line yes and Mr. Humphries is played by John Inman, mm-hmm. quite memorably. Yes, I
0: mean mm-hmm. John Inman. We've we've not just been watching are you being Served, We've no. been watching some John other John Inman bits and other pieces, other John
2: Inman they? episodes of series, things, of series, which yes. are *Odd
0: Man Out*. Yes, where he inherits the rock factory, a half of a rock factory. Yeah,
2: yeah. and he got Peter Butterworth working there.
0: And take a letter, Mr. Jones. And
2: take a letter, Mr. Jones, which was filmed partly in Paul. Yes. Um pretending to be London. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah, that's Rulenska is his yes. boss in there. Is his boss, yeah. And out, out of those two series, yes. which did you like the best? I
2: liked Odd Man Out more.
0: Why? Because it wasn't um, as sexist Because it wasn't as the
2: sexist other as the other one. Um It was a, just a general better generally better set up, mm-hmm. I think. Now, so. now Mr. Humphreys, yeah. um
0: we sort of asked around. How would you describe Mr Humphreys?
2: How would I describe Mr Humphreys? Mr Humphreys is a little bit camp. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's he's possibly the nicest person there. Yeah. In the fact he never really seems to argue with anybody else.
0: I mean, we asked on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. I mean... The implication is that Mr Humphreys is gay, isn't it? Yes. Yes, although sometimes the writers used to deny that. Yeah. I don't think And, know and why. John Inman used to deny yeah. that. Mm. But, um, um, yeah, and we, th- we thought he's, he's, it's not a series that gets repeated. No. Is it?
2: No. It did it actually, did it, it? The BBC showed it on BBC Two in the afternoons. For a
0: bit. Oh right. Okay. Yeah.
2: So all right, all right. not oh, a yeah. prime time repeat. Yeah. It yeah. has been repeated,
0: but not not in the way that Dad's Army is repeated, no. is it? No. Dad's,
2: well, Dad, Dad's Dad's Army Dad's is a, repeated
0: on a loop, isn't yes, it? Yes. It's
2: a crowd, crowd police at Dad's yeah. Army. There's nothing offensive in it.
0: Yeah. But uh, uh, yes, I'd forgotten about those yeah. repeats. Actually, yeah. yes, yes I am. But we we thought it worth asking the question about mm-hmm. what did our sort of gay friends on Twitter yeah. think,
2: especially as we were we we were commemorating the 50th anniversary of the, of the partial legalisation of homosexuality yes so it's sort of tied in with that as well
0: yes um but i genuinely didn't know what the response was going to be because no. sometimes are you being served is the sort of show that's sort of flagged up a, as being very typically 70s yes. isn't it in terms of it, it is yeah a, you've a, got attitudes. you've got dolly birds
2: and mm. Things
0: but some, re- I mean, we asked the question about Mr. Humphreys at half yeah. past three. Yeah, last was it last Sunday? No, Sunday before, Sunday before. Yeah. and we were still getting replies at 10 o'clock at night,
2: yeah, and still getting days day, a couple of days and, after, and, some, as well. and
0: some, some days after. Yeah, and it was overwhelmingly in favor of Mr. Humphreys. Yeah, he's,
2: he's a very popular
0: character. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't thank you to everybody that yes, replied
2: thank you so much. Um, and we 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 can't
0: read them all out because we'd be here for another half an hour just reading out the replies but a few very quick ones um davy mcgee um he was obviously having more sex than the straight men in the store and more fun Mm -hmm. uh david absalom he's funny there's clearly no malice in the jokes the objection is that there were few other gay portrayals at the time Uh, Michael Dennis, very much the Russell T Davies line. See last night's Queer as Art on BBC Two. When a brittle teenager, he was everything I resented, but now he's wonderful. Yeah, and
2: Russell T Davies says much
0: the same. Says much the same, Yeah. yeah. Uh Michael Dennis, we should point out, wrote yeah. um an episode of Queers that he was it was shown.
2: Lovely episode of Queers. Um, and you've yes. just got his I've, script book, I've haven't script you? Book he was excited.
0: He was very excited. Yeah. Ivan Kirby, I wasn't around at the time, but was very sniffy about him when I wrote about Are oh, you being served as a student in the noughties Now I realise he's just sheer fun. Mm. But yeah, these oh careful Rose, don't put, put your feet on the <laughs> Rose is loving me. But, uh, <laughs> um Yes. Where's the next? Where's the next? One of the um. Other replies. Where are we? It was from Clayton Hickman. My opinion's always been the same. He's the nicest, kindest, least selfish person at Grace Brothers, and always gets the best laughs. Mm-hmm. Um. Everybody at Grace Brothers um really likes Mister Humphreys. They all squabble with each other, but but rarely him. Mm. So, I think. Yeah, it just just proves how popular Mr. Humphreys
2: was. And he always gets, I mean, not at the start so much, but you you can tell as the series goes on that Mr. Humphreys and John Inman are becoming more popular. Because it was
0: originally more of a vehicle for Trevor Trevor Bannister, Bannister, wasn't it? But
2: as the series goes on, Mr. Humphreys comes to the fore more, and even when he just comes in the room, into the department, usually dressed in some sort of outrageous um, outfit, um, he gets a huge... Round of applause. Yeah, you know. So,
0: oh, it's that American series yes, thing of, of if he's the star, he's the star comes yeah. in and and the audience claps just when he walks through a door, basically. Yeah. But
2: usually with Mr. Humphreys, it's because he's dressed in some ridiculous manner.
0: Yeah, and oh, we should point out his full name, which is Wilberforce Clayborne Humphreys. Yes. which is brilliant. Yes. He also gets to play his own mother, doesn't he? Does, he? Yes, yeah, that's in a
2: couple <laughs> of episodes. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. You got Mr. Lucas, Trevor mm-hmm. Bannister. Later replaced by Mr. Spooner, yeah. Mike Berry, Berry from Wurzel Gummidge. Weasel Gummidge yeah. 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 So Captain Peacock is Frank Thornton, as we said. Uh, Mr. Um, Rumbold. Mr. Rumbold. Nicholas Smith.
2: By the wonderful Nicholas Smith.
0: Yeah, Mr. Rumbold is is, is sometimes a bit overlooked, he isn't is, he? is, and
2: he's an unsung hero because he has to do... And he's got
0: quite a hard part Yeah, he play. does all
2: the straight stuff. He mm. very rarely gets... He does sometimes in later episodes get... He's the brunt of a joke. Mm. But mostly he's just there to be the straight man and to get, because normally what happens is if there's a dispute they like go in to see Mr. Rumbold and then he gets it all confused and it ends up worse than it was when they started. Because yeah. you know he gets it all wrong. <laughs> so. But
0: yeah, I mean, you know, applause to to Nicholas Smith yes. who who is just wonderful. He I is. think in everything he's in.
2: Yes. He yes, because he, he's in um, he's in Zed Cars as well. And if yes. you've not seen these Zed Cars episodes, they're we, out we, on DVD. Yeah. Buy them. Yeah. They're brilliant. He,
0: but the store itself is owned by Mr. Grace, yes. or young, Mr. young Grace, Mr. Grace, as they say, who's Harold Bennett. Yeah. Oh, who's...
2: we should also mention Miss Brahms as well. Oh, have
0: we not done Miss Brahms? done Miss Brahms. Oh, okay.
2: Played by um, Wendy Richard. Yes. Who obviously went she, later she, on to be in I mean She
0: lasts the full ten series. She does. She does. I mean, not everybody does, but you, no. you've got um, Mrs. Slocum and Miss Brahms, mm. uh, Captain Peacock yeah. and um, Mr. Humphries. Is that it? That... And, and Mr. Rumbold. And um, Mr. Rumbold, yeah. yeah, and they're the only ones the that only last one. the whole Yeah, because you go, you start off
2: with Mr. Mash as well. Mr. Mash is the um he's like the maintenance man, yeah. the caretaker kind of thing. Later replaced. He works in the packing department. Yeah. And he's later replaced by Mr. Harmon. Yeah. Who works a lot better, I think.
0: You you think Mr. Harmon gets more to do? He gets more he? to
2: do, he gets more involved in the schemes, whereas Mr Mash to a certain extent is to the side making remarks yeah. Whereas mr harmon gets the set like certain episodes like the takeover where he he gets involved in it because they need somebody with these kind of accent in hold up he gets involved um you know he gets involved in a lot oh when they do their sort of show things he's usually there in some sort of capacity because there's one where they do a radio show and he's doing the sound effects oh yes yeah, yeah. and everything because he
0: also so, also sort of the maintenance people get to demonstrate these wonderfully ridiculous yes, visual effects, effects don't, don't they?
2: That, that, you know
0: um, it's things that light up or rotate, yep. or but they
2: always go wrong. Yeah, there's yeah. There's,
0: there's the infamous um, Father Christmas <laughs> oh, yeah. one. Isn't Father it? Christmas oh, Father Christmas oh, Ho, oh, ho, ho, little boy, have I got a surprise for you? Yeah, and then he opens his coat, doesn't yes. he? Yeah. <laughs> and Mr Humphrey's faints. He does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and mm-hmm. um, there's there's uh, we should say there's the two Mr Graces. There's yes. young Mr Grace, mm-hmm. Harold Bennett, and mm-hmm. old Mr Grace played by Kenneth Waller. Who Ironically, was he was actually younger, younger than a than,
2: oh, uh, young Mr. Grace. Than, than young Mr. Grace.
0: Yeah. Um, but then you've also got the various sort of secretaries and assistants to mm-hmm. Mr. Grace and Mr. Rumbold as well.
2: Yeah. Should mention as well the canteen manageress who they come into con- conflict oh, with do- on do- no-
0: Vernon as
2: numerous um, occasions. As
0: apparently Diana Yardswick, apparently. It
2: yeah. is Mrs. Yardswick, yeah, because yeah, it was in the... Oh, they do say, yeah. The other night Because if
0: you'd asked me a name, I wouldn't, wouldn't have known.
2: Say, yeah, but they... Because there's one episode where they take over the canteen um, and it's, it's... It's predictably silly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you do start to get sort of song and dance routines you a bit, do you? Yeah, it comes
2: a bit more variety in certain episodes, but it's...
0: Especially in the Christmas yes, episodes Yes, more in the Christmas well. episodes.
2: Yeah. I mean, some of the Christmas episodes you definitely couldn't show again today. <laughs> Because but, of some of the things that happen but it is the 70s but so. the,
0: the series you know is is a success because not only does it get a spin-off film yeah which isn't bad it has no. to be said the film's not bad um which and, is
2: based on a stage play
0: yes yes that's true hmm. but yes there are indeed stage plays doing yep. the rounds at the moment yes yes but yep. you also get um an australian version of yeah. it
2: that's not great. Which
0: is not great. And um, an American version, mm-hmm. Beans, of Boston, Beans of Boston, which is even worse. Yes. <laughs> it has to be said. <laughs> yeah,
2: the Australian version actually lasts for two series. Well, the
0: Australian version takes the UK scripts and pretty <laughs> much transplants Apart them. from one. Mm. There There's, is an original is one. one
2: original episode.
0: But yeah. I don't quite understand how that works because Mr Humphreys moves to Australia. Yeah. Still played by John Irman. Yeah goes to a store mm-hmm. where everybody's got the same character name mm-hmm. as all the people he's left behind. No,
2: they're not all the same character name. Well, there's no, has got Captain Spoken.
0: Wagstaff. Oh, oh, oh are, they, are they different ones? Yes. But they have the same adventures. They have the they same do, adventures in the same mannerisms. And they say the same lines, yes. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so does, you, you'd have thought Mr Humphries would have cottoned on at some no, point, like he's in some sort of time loop. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like Pertwee and Colin Baker in the Ultimate Adventure. You'd have thought Colin (laughs) Baker would have said, "Hang on, I've had this adventure before." Yeah. But yeah, the uh, but yeah, and Beans of Boston just seems to be a pilot episode, doesn't it? Yeah, dreadful copy that exists. It didn't
2: make it any further because that's partially
0: a rewrite of um, the German German Week German Week episode, isn't it? But I think that it's something we've never really talked about when it comes Mm -hmm. to comedy, though. Especially sort of multi-camera studio stuff is the if you watch the um, British episode German Week and then you mm-hmm. watch Beans of Boston, yeah, you can see just how precise the camera work is.
2: Yeah, it's very tight because um, the there, there's
0: some complex sort of dance routines mm. and the and the cameramen have got some very tight shots to line up and they're hitting the mark every every Mm -hmm. time yes uh the american version just seems to be done more in wide shot isn't it because on the hopes that you could capture Mm -hmm. most of the action literally it does
2: put the camera and
0: shoot it it does sort of indicate i think the more rehearsal time you probably Mm -hmm. had for the for the uk version i mean i don't know what the american or australian turnarounds were but i get the feeling they were done quicker and cheaper Mm -hmm. um the the australian one you said is just full of adverts at the end it is um, for various people for all the the, furniture
2: loaned things (laughs) yes
0: but yeah i I mean let's quickly zoom on to the episode that you wanted to talk about which is the hold up yes now explain the plot of the hold up please so this is series series 10, 10
2: so it's the last series which isn't always as well regarded as some of the earlier ones. I mean series, But it's it's got some good ones in it.
0: He's directed by Martin Shardlow. Yeah. And again, maybe not the most familiar name, but somebody no. who's got D- he's done a lot of stuff. A lot of comedy. Yeah. And yeah. he directed um The Black Adder. Yeah. Series 1 mm-hmm. of Black Adder. Mm-hmm. And I think The Black Adder is really well directed. Yes, it's it's one of the There's best ones. There's a lot of yeah. good film work and, and mm. even the studio stuff, the cameras zooming all over the place he doesn't yeah. get the chance to do that so much with are you being because no,
2: it's a different kind of thing
0: um yeah. but you know he, he he's i mean he's worked on a load of other things churchill said to me mm-hmm. which is the um frankie howard thing isn't it yes with uh nick, nick is that the one that nick courtney's in yes yeah um mm-hmm. yeah little and large show mm-hmm. okay fair enough um he did direct some only fools and horses in 1980. Mm-hmm. 1980- Eighty-one, no place like home terry in june mm.
2: lots of comedies very so, really.
0: you know a, a a good track record i think yeah. um but yeah, quick. Let's let's go back to the so to yeah the, they, plot.
2: the hold up. They're stock taking mm-hmm. or taking inventory.
0: Yes. do you have to do that? No. Okay. Oh, they
2: do actually. Yeah, they do. They they do a, what they call a count. Oh right. Well, okay. they count the stock. Okay. Um. So yes, they do do that. I have d- never had to do it. They have special people that come <laughs> in and do that. <laughs> Don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and um, so they're all staying late late in the store, and uh, Mister Rumbold leaves with his secretary Mm -hmm. to take his secretary home Mm -hmm. and then mr Harmon um comes up in the lift and says he's seen some burglars in the accounts department so they try and work out what to do and they decide they're going to call the police and then the burglars come up in the lift now mrs slocum has had to visit the ladies because the news that there are burglars in the store has made her very nervous and she needed to spend a penny
0: now, one of the burglars is played by Michael Atwell. Michael Atwell, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, possibly best known from Attack of the Cyberman. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I think he's probably better known or, for other stuff. Oh, I was going to say Bill Sykes. Oh, Bill Sykes in, in um, Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist, the 10 and production. The, the other things he's been in. Yeah. He usually. He's usually plays. Oh, he was nice boreal as well. He was nice boreal, yeah. But he usually plays the hard man. Yeah. Well, played the hard man.
0: He was also stuff. political cartoonist, which yeah, I didn't, which know, I didn't know. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, quite a skilled skilled yes. artist as well. Yeah, but it's got <laughs> um, you've you've got the encounter between him and Mister Humphrey. Yes, because basically, so what how happens how is that, how does that well, happen?
2: Um, Mrs. Slocum comes back from the ladies, and all the rest of the department are hiding behind the ladies' counter, and she leaves a handbag on the men's counter. And they call her over and she hides. But then they realise if the burglars come back and see her handbag, they will realise that somebody's been around. Mm -hmm. So Miss Brahms goes to get it and they come back and she poses as a mannequin and then they catch her. So they work out a way of trying to to free Miss Brahms, which is basically, first of all, to send Captain Peacock and Mr Spooner in as policemen. Oh, yes. Which goes wrong... (laughs) So at that Isn't, point uh,
0: Captain Peacock's armed with an ID card. An ID uh, a, a union pa- card. Which is Mr. Harmon's yes. y- um union packing card. union card. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not gonna convince anyone. He no. needs psychic paper at yeah. this point, doesn't it? he? Does.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so you get they like, they catch Captain Peacock mr spooner but the others are hiding outside the door and hear them talk about the gumby gang
0: mm-hmm.
2: however this this gang that nobody's really ever seen i love
0: the name the gumby gang yeah. that just conjures up um, yeah, Monty Monty Pierson. Pierson. Yeah. Yeah.
2: um so basically once they've caught captain peacock and mr spooner the rest of them which is mr Harmer, mrs slocum and mr humphries dress up as the gumby gang <laughs> So you get um, Mr. Harmon with a sort of suit and hat on and a little pencil moustache. Yeah, a
0: par, uh, par
2: Gumby. Mrs. Slocum basically dressed up like a sort of older version of Mae West. as yeah. <laughs> There's Ma Gumby in a leather skirt that she can barely move in. And Mr. Humphries is Mad Tony, their son.
0: Italian Tony. Italian, no, yeah. Is it Mad Italian? Tony. All
2: right, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Uh,
0: as he describes as like an ice cream salesman. Yes. They yeah,
2: sort of like, but yeah, so they try sort of a white suit, isn't white it? White suit with a hat. and with a hat with a curly black wig. Yeah. Which is stitched into the hat. Yeah. Um
0: But yes, to sort of get hold of Michael Atwell at, at one point. point by yeah. the sort of, and he's and got Michael this, Atwell's about a foot taller than he is, John Him, and And he's it? got a,
2: this sort of fan and he flips the fan out. And as he sort of flips the fan out,
0: it sort of hits Michael Atwell. It sort of hits Michael
2: Atwell. Michael Atwell starts, you soon start to laugh.
0: Yeah, but he just managed to, he hold manages it, to it in. He managed to sort of it? hold
2: it in, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's a wonderfully silly yeah. scene, like Miss John Inman threatening Michael Atwell, yeah. which you just didn't think would no. work. But, but he does.
2: But they're he both does. acting it really well. They are aren't they? Really yeah. acting it really well, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But it was a really silly episode. I it is, and it's
2: just one of those one of those things that if you've had a bad day, you can come yeah. out and you can watch.
0: But you say Are You been served" is very much a yeah. a comfort yes. thing, isn't it? But it it yeah. does stand rewatching, not rewatching because yeah. yeah. um, we know, do
2: tend to watch the same episodes over and over again. We probably should spread them out yeah. a bit more because there are certain
0: episodes we really doing like. this rewatch. I think um, just zooming through, we didn't mm. watch everything, but we mm. watched them. I think the quality people sort of say that the quality tails off, but
2: yeah. I don't not, think it does. No. You know,
0: there are still good episodes all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. I think because yeah, um,
2: an- another favourite is um, there's the episode from series eight. Uh, is it catching? Oh yes, Where Mister Humphreys gets a tropical disease, he yeah. gets this disease called Marine's disease, which yeah. you catch from catch from shellfish,
0: not sailors.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> which is the implication before, and they they have to be quarantined. Yeah. So they get quarantined in. Um,
0: sort of in the basement. In the basement. On a waterbed. On a
2: waterbed, and there's this is just this really silly scene, and I know Jenny likes this. Jenny shirts. Yeah. Um Where they all have to try and lay still mm. so the waterbed won't move. Bobble up and down. Like, yeah, and then Mister Humphreys gets to the next stage of the disease, which is sneezing. Yeah, it all and just goes, sort goes of crazy. Up and down. Yeah. And it is silly because it's just the way they all bobble up and down. It's you know, <laughs> it's a cumulative effect. But, you know, and there's the episode, um we also watch The Junior, which has got Mr which is Mr. Goldberg's introduction.
3: Oh.
0: Yeah. And
2: there's a great bit in that where there's this little old man who's played oh, Tony by Tony Simpson, S- Tony Simpson. Who's been yeah. in it before. Yeah. They you tend to use the same actors like, over and over again. And he comes in for the job and he he says, Oh I where will we find you? I live in a packing case in Covent Garden. It's
0: got bananas written mm-hmm. on the side, and it's the only one with a chimney. Yeah, <laughs> it's really yeah. stupid. Isn't and it?
2: then he goes off, and they're like, "Oh, can't you give him a cup of tea?" And Mister Harmer says he's been here since three. He said yeah. four shepherd's pies and no, three shepherd's pies and four cups of tea. Whoops, that's <laughs> rose. rose has
0: just fallen off.
2: And he's he's done a song and dance with spoons and got six quid. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's, it's utterly ridiculous.
0: But yes, I mean.
2: But the, I think the best episodes of Are You Being Served are the ones where they dress up for some reason or other. Yeah. So you've got by appointment where they're expecting a visit by the Queen so like they rehearse it with Mrs. Slocum and Captain Peacock or the Queen and Prince Philip <laughs> and it goes wrong as it always does. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, yeah, we were, again we're sorry, we're running out of time. This is ridiculous. But um it's 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 just fun, isn't it? I, it think, is I fun. think I think I yeah. think you know, and don't mm. knock fun because because sometimes you need fun. Yeah, it, it's it's mm. it's just very watchable. Yeah. you get some good guest stars yeah. coming in because yeah. I mean it, it's the thing that I I said I said this when we were talking to John Chalice that the thing about how you're being served is that the lift doors will open yeah. and a new customer will come yeah. in and every customer and to then a the store, episode right? yeah. yes could you just be. Revolve about what that new customer's story is, but it very so
2: fairly revolves around the customer. No, it it's doesn't really. About the staff no, because no. so it's about the characters. You know, you've got
0: very strong characters yeah. that are very well balanced, yes. I think, and interact yeah. with each other very well. And
2: we should just say, our favourite character is Mr. Granger, yes, because he's wonderfully grumpy.
0: He's so unsuitable. He's, as, yeah, he so really shouldn't as, be working with in the customer-facing role.
2: because yeah. <laughs> what's that line he says about children?
0: i dislike children intensely in my opinion
1: children should be seen and not heard or preferably not seen at all
2: and the thing about because when oh, they me, think me, they're gonna have to leave the
1: mrs store. granger doesn't
0: like me going in the kitchen she says i turned the milk sour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go mm, oh, in. Mm. but i'm afraid we're gonna have to wind this up because yeah. we're we're already overrunning on this article but yeah. there we go are yes, you being served yeah
2: if you've never seen it do yourself a favor and watch an episode yes all
0: available on dvd yes. and and well worth it, and it's, it's
2: reasonably priced <laughs> and
0: it's worth it which is more than i am oh,
2: well, I okay
0: right We'll we'll wind that up yeah. and we'll say thank you for listening to this yes this episode yes. and now we turn our attention to Episode one. fourteen, yes. and we're just going to have our s- traditional silly sketch, and we'll mm. say goodbye. Okay. So, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, yeah, See you again you. soon.
3: Bye-bye. 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 Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Miss Parker, are you free?
2: At the moment, Mr Trowbridge, yes.
0: Then perhaps you could explain what exactly this empty cat carrier is doing in the middle of the floor.
2: Well, as you is well aware, today is bring your pet to work day and naturally I bought Master Cat so she could see what I get up to during the day.
0: But where precisely is she?
2: She was exploring the delicatessen counter just now when a selection of cheeses caught her eye.
0: I can hardly condone letting your cat just wander willy-nilly, but carry on with your story.
2: She jumped down to grab a portion of Dorset Blue Vinny when the assistant behind the counter startled her, and she took fright. The last I saw, my pussy was making for the exit with a big blue-veined knob clamped between her teeth. That was episode 13 of Round the Archives, starring Lisa Parker and Andrew Trowbridge, with Paul Chandler, Warren Cummings and special guest star John Chalice.
0: On the musical side, you heard Dan Tate and Paul Chandler.
2: The script for Are You Being Served? The Hold Up was by Jeremy Lloyd.
0: And the producer was Martin Shardlow.
6: Jim, Jim, Bergerac's car is uh, I, I don't know anything about cars but it's a it's a old purple car. <laughs> but nice one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Let me see. Maybe it'll, maybe I can find out online.
3: Hello.
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know what sort of voice that was. It was silly Silly. hello (laughs) and welcome to episode
3: 13 i think we should start that
0: again i think we should start
3: (laughs) again